Welcome to First Baptist Church in Belton. We are glad you found us. We seek to know Jesus intimately, serve Jesus passionately, and share Jesus globally together. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Welcome. I'm so glad that you have chosen to worship with us virtually today. This is our first weekend of regathering at First Baptist Belton. On Saturday and Sunday together, we are having six worship services with intentionally small groups. And you're probably watching because you are unable to attend one of those services or you have chosen not to attend because you're just not quite ready to be back in the room with other people. And that's very understandable. And we know that the Holy Spirit will lead you and you will know when you feel comfortable in returning. Others of you are watching from far away and whatever the case may be, we are we welcome you. We're delighted uh, that you have chosen to worship with us today. Uh, there's a lot going on in our country right now. COVID-19 has uh, sort of been pushed a bit to the side by other events in our nation. And uh, I have chosen to address that issue of the death of uh, George Floyd. And so if you'll check the website, if you've not already seen it, there is a, a, a place there for you to hear what I have said. And so I hope that you'll give attention uh, to that. We are in phase one of our regathering and we'll watch very closely through the end of June and hope that we can move to a phase two uh, beginning in July. Thank you for your support in prayer and your encouragement. We've never been down this pathway before. Uh, I've joked with some of my colleagues that uh, when I was in seminary, there weren't any classes on how to pastor a church in the middle of a pandemic. Perhaps now that will be a class they offer, but it didn't exist in my day. And so we've been feeling our way along, led by the Holy Spirit. And thank you so much for your help and your encouragement. You have been such a blessing to me and to the members of our church staff. We have a great God, and he is seeing us through this very critical time in the life of our church and the life of our nation. I love the 103rd Psalm. And appreciate so much the way Matt Oberhelman led us through that a few minutes ago as uh, he read portions of that psalm and then led us in uh, a time of prayer. And I hope you were blessed by that. So now for these last few minutes, I want us to think about this subject. What is God teaching us? And I'm going to read from Romans chapter 8 with invite you to open your Bibles there to the 8th chapter of the book of Romans, and I'm going to read beginning at verse 28 and read through the end of the chapter. So that is Romans 8, beginning with verse 28, and here is what Paul wrote in this epistle. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. 
Christ Jesus who died, more than that who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. An incredible conclusion to one of the greatest chapters in all of the Bible. So I want to say a few words as we have... uh, as we are regathering this weekend, I want to say a few words to you about this text. And the first is this, God works for our good. God works for our good. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Verse 28, followed by these words, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. God works for our good. He does the work. We are the recipients. We love him. We are called by him for his purpose and his glory. The good that he does can be earthly blessings. But the main point is that we are shaped, molded, conformed to be like him And we emerge from a pandemic, not there yet, but we emerge from a pandemic bringing glory to God. Now, the second thing that I want us to see in that text is this. God will glorify us with his son. God will glorify us with his son. Verse 30, and those he predestined, he also called. Those he calls, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Now, this has not yet happened that is our glorification but it will it is certain and it is written in the greek as if it has already happened it is god's way of pronouncing this is an absolute certainty just as you were predestined called and justified you also will be glorified it is an absolute certainty so today we may hurt But we stand on our tiptoes in anticipation of what God will do in our glorification. The third thing that I want us to notice from the passage is this. God is for us. God is for us. Verse 31. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And the implied answer, nobody. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? God is for us, the text tells us. You will not be kept from future glory because God is for you. If you are a Christ follower, if you belong to Jesus, understand you will not be kept from future glory because God is for you. The fourth thing that I want us to notice from this Romans text is this. No one can condemn us. Look again at verse 33 and 34. 
Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns condemns us? No one. Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. No one can condemn us. God justifies. That is, he declares us right with him. The righteousness of God is ours by the declaration of God because of what his son, Jesus, did on the cross. Next thing, the fifth thing that I want us to notice from this text is this. Nothing can separate us from God. There's a lot going on. COVID-19, the horrific death of George Floyd and the resulting violence in our country the devastation of of racism. And so we look at all that's going on around us and we're gravely concerned, but we do know this, nothing can separate us from God. In verse 37, Paul uses the word conquerors. That Greek word there is the word that we get our English word, Nike. You heard of that? Nike. We get our word Nike from that, which means conquer or conqueror. And I love the 8th chapter of Romans because it starts with no condemnation and ends with no separation. The first verse of the chapter says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And then it ends with no separation from Him. We are more than conquerors. So with that text indelibly etched in our hearts and in our minds, I want us to... Head to the end now by thinking about what more is God teaching us. And I lay these things out for you. First of all, circumstances are beyond our control. Circumstances are beyond our control. Whatever happened in Minneapolis was not under my control or yours. Whatever happened in a lab in Wuhan, China, And whatever information may have been squelched by a dictatorial government and whatever our government leaders did well or did poorly, this much is certain you and I had no control over it. We are not responsible for our circumstances, but we are responsible for our response. Second thing that I want us to know that God is teaching us from all of this is that there are some lessons that we must not forget. So those lessons are these. First of all, science is not God. Science is not God. Some people live as if it were, but it is not. Now, with all due respect to everybody who loves science, and I love science, but don't defy science. Science is not God. And we've learned that from the events of of recent days. Uh, Example. How many different stories have we heard from those who are in the know about masks? We ask everybody to wear a mask who comes to church this weekend. And we provide one for those who show up without one. Now, we've heard everything from masks are absolutely essential and ought to be mandated over to those later on who who said masks are worthless. And then some who said they're even harmful and then everything in between. We've heard all kinds of stories, and it seems like we've landed again on masks are important. 
So that's why we asked folks to wear one to church this weekend, believing that caution is more important than our comfort. So we know that science is important, but we don't stand on science because it changes. But the word of God and God himself do not change. A second thing that I hope we'll remember as a lesson is that politicians are not the answer. Whether they have an R after their name or a D after their name, politicians are not the answer. Now, I have great appreciation for all men and women who give of their time to serve in whatever capacity in government, especially those who really do have servants' hearts. But surely by now we've come to understand that politicians are not the answer. Every time we have a presidential election, those who are on the winning side say, oh, that's the answer to everything that's been going on wrong in America. And it doesn't take long to find out that that's not the truth. Politicians are not the answer. The third lesson that we are learning is this. Some think we are non-essential. Have you noticed? In many states, churches were declared non-essential. Even in our own state, we were considered at first non-essential. Now, they never said churches can't meet. They just said you can't gather in groups of more than 10. Well, for a church our size, then that made meeting absolutely impossible. But also, we began to realize that our witness was at stake. And so the last thing in the world we wanted to do was to gather large groups together that might result in the spread of the virus and have our community say, what are those people doing at First Baptist? Look what they caused. Our witness is at stake. But there are some who think us non-essential. And you know, even if the governor had not said, let's stay in groups of 10 or less, it would have been wise for us to suspend meeting together for a while simply because we would have understood our witness is at stake and we do not want to contribute to the spread of, of the COVID virus. But also there are other voices in our country that are stronger that should not surprise us because we've dealt with many of these issues in our church. But for example, two weeks ago uh, at a press conference, The governor of New York was asked during the press conference why the coronavirus infection rate was slowing down in his state, which is a good thing, and we're thankful for that. But here's what he said, and, and I quote, The number is down because we brought the number down. God did not do that. Faith did not do that. Destiny did not do that. A lot of pain and suffering did that, end of quote. Now, to be clear, he was not asked anything about God. He was not asked anything about prayer. He just said it and injected it into the conversation. This is kind of a you were here moment for us who are believers. But don't be mad about that. Don't be discouraged about that. Just understand that that is an example of the day in which we live in 2020. Another lesson that we learn is this. Many are grateful for the God that we love. Many are grateful for the God that we love. I've been so thrilled in my heart to see videos of people all over America exalting Jesus and praying and calling out to God in the deepest sincerity of their hearts and with the joy, the joy of Jesus in their hearts. I've seen videos of uh, on COVID floors and in, 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 in hospitals of 
of the entire staff gathering around as they begin their day and and they pray together and often they sing together Christian songs and I'm just astonished and I'm so thankful that there, there are believers everywhere and what an encouragement it has been to see those call out to God who are grateful for the God that we love. Another lesson is this, uh, we need the church. We need the church. Bible tells us that repeatedly. Sometimes we don't pay much attention until we don't have the church. And by that, I mean the church gathered. You know, the church has not ceased to exist. We just haven't been able to meet together. We are the church. People are the church. We haven't been able to meet together. And so I miss the presence of God's people. I miss the fellowship with God's people. I I miss the worship with God's people and, and the ministry that we do together. My wife and I faithfully have, along with you, been sitting in our living room worshiping on Sunday mornings virtually. And I love worshiping with my wife more than anybody in the world, but I'll guarantee you both of us are excited about getting back together with God's people in the same room. The sixth lesson that we've learned, technology is a gift from God. Did you ever think those words would come from my lips? I'm considered a dinosaur. But I will tell you this, technology is a gift from God. Now, it can be misused like any other gift from God, but it has allowed us to do much more than we could ever have done in previous days. 10, 15 years ago, we could have never done what we're doing right now. And we're so thankful that God has made technology available to us. Seventh thing that we've learned is this, God is still on his throne. You know that, don't you? God is still on his throne. We look at television, news reports, and we say it's it's chaos, it's chaos. Well, it just appears that way to us. But I assure you, God is still on his throne. And as he watches, it is not chaos to him. For he is still in control of this world. And God has a purpose for all that has happened. And this world may appear to be chaos to us. But it is not to the one who sits on his throne. And then the last lesson that we learn is this. God gave us this time. God gave us this time. It's been different. Uh, I've worked harder than I've ever worked in all my life, having to work from home and different things. All the things have been going on. So, uh, that was, it's been hard work. And I'm looking forward to the total transition back here to, to my office. But having said that, God gave us this time. My wife and I have both been working so hard. She is a, an assistant superintendent and, and me as a pastor. We worked really hard, but we also recognize God has given us this time for prayer, for family, for reflection. Things that we've done that sadly, likely we would not have done if it had not been for this time of having to be at home, just the two of us together. Now, there is a, a third thing that I, I want us to notice in the way of things that God is teaching us. Just two more and we're done. We should love our community and then show it. We should love our community. I love our community of Belton and our county of, of Bell. And I love the people who are here. 
And I want them to know that I love them. And so I've been excited in ways that you as a church family have reached out to the community to minister. And I don't want us to stop when we begin to gather again, but I want us to continue and even in ways that we'll be freer to do than we are right now. But to show our community, we love you. We're not just a group of folks who huddle around in here by ourselves. We're here for you. And we love you as our community. And lastly, I ask this question, what should be the church's response to all of this? Well, three things. Remember that time is short. Time is short. Secondly, remember and do the main thing, which is to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and the glory of the gospel. And then thirdly, let's refocus on the essentials and act accordingly. We're rethinking some things at the church among the staff, and I know you're rethinking some things too. So let's refocus on the essentials and act accordingly. God, family, church, community, those are the essentials, and let's act accordingly. Now, my prayer is that God will bless you. I love you and appreciate you. And I don't know where you are as you watch today. Um, Probably the majority of you are in Bell County. You are part of this church or know about this church, and thank you for tuning in. But also, some of you are watching from other parts of Texas, other parts of America, or even other countries, and we're so glad that you've chosen to worship with us. But wherever you may be, I have a question for you, and that's this. Do you know Jesus? If the answer to that question is no or I'm not sure, then I plead with you today to call out to him. Call out to Jesus today. Jesus, you are Lord And I ask you to come into my life today, forgive my sins, and I want to follow you for the rest of my life. And if you will call out to him, he will hear you and he will answer you. And if you do call out to him today, I hope you'll let us know there's a way to contact us on the screen in front of you. Please let us know. We'd like to follow up with you no matter where you are. You may not be anywhere close to our church, but we still want to follow up with you and pray for you and encourage you as you begin a brand new walk with Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. Is there any other decision you need to make? Take it to the Lord right now. God bless you. I love you. I appreciate you. And I pray that God will minister to your heart in a very special way this day. As we close today, church, let me uh, thank you for your faithfulness in in prayer and your faithfulness in commitment and your faithfulness in stewardship. Thank you for being so faithful in these days. Keep on keeping on. And I want to close with our benediction that we have been using since uh, our first weekend, not able to meet together, and that was uh, March 15th. And so from Jude chapter 24, verse 24 and 25, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages now and forevermore. Amen. If you would like more information, visit our church website at fbcbelton.org or call our church office at 254-939-0705. We are located at 506 North Main Street in Belton, Texas. We hope to see you soon.